Metallica, here they come, the kings of metal. Welcome to Muff Your Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. And I'm Johnny Sword. Johnny Give it Sword. up. Yeah, yeah. Johnny's back. Up on stage eating ham. That's what. That's how I choose to hear that lyric now. Oh, I like that. Eating ham up on the stage. People don't know. Maybe we can just jump right into this. On our touring hospitality rider, we've got a bag of ham on there. We do. I like to travel with ham and turkey. Now, my wife, I wish she was here because she could get in on this. But when it comes to the ham, the store-bought ham couple different options you got your smoked ham you got your uh, other ham what are the other ones uh, other uh honey glazed honey glazed ham yeah there's uh um charred oh, man i'm blanking so uh, <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that we get into out here welcome to the podcast we are an all metallica podcast ethan and i are two touring musicians who talk about our favorite metal band which happens to be metallica there's no question correct one of the best bands in the world period period there's no we question need the sound of like that. a period dropping like a katunk Katunk, right? I'll try to load up a katunk for the next uh, episode. But this is a unique series we do called Tales. Wait, what do we call this? Turn (laughs) Turn the page, (laughs) not Tales from the Road. And uh, we got Johnny Sword here, our bass player, touring bass player with Morgan Wade. Welcome back to the show. You're a fan favorite, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I'm so happy to hear that. Mostly the dudes. Yeah. Well, and listen, we did like an end of the year recap, and we were asking people what their favorite episodes were, favorite guests, favorite moments, things like that. It was pretty unanimous. Johnny Sword was a favorite, and the, the demand was super high for you to be back on the show. And I did look into, like, who wrote that, you know? And at the top of the email, Jerry Sword, your dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I know Jerry's out there in Metal Up Your Podcast land listening right now. What a, give a shout-out to Johnny's dad, Jerry. Give it up to Jerry Sword. He's a weekly listener now. He told me he checks in every week. Really? You yeah. know, people do that all the time. Our, our, um, our booking agent, Johnny, who's a good friend of ours, he, uh, he called me the other day because he's my new neighbor uh, where I live. I almost said where I live, but we shouldn't tell people where I live. Otherwise, it'd be riots on the fucking street. 2683. But he's, <laughs> he's, uh, he's one of my neighbors, so he's been calling to check in on the house stuff. It's been really sweet. My awesome. wife's there trying to do it all. And uh, he goes, man, been listening to your podcast. He's Uh-oh. like, He goes, uh, you're really funny. But the way he said it was like, okay. He's like, yeah, you guys are like, really good at podcasting. You guys are like really funny. I'm like, Johnny, I'm not, I don't know how to take it, baby. Like he was surprised. He said, yeah, you sound like really smart on it. Like in person, you're I'm like, what are idiot. We, what are we saying well. here, Johnny? Yeah, what are we, I'm like, I'm trying to take the compliment, but what are we really saying here? Right. I, I thought you were just a dumb musician. I had no idea you were funny. Oh boy. Well, listen, on this series, we talk about being on the road. We were here, we've kicked off our tour. We were in the lovely Newport Music Hall in Columbus, Ohio. I'm told that the show is sold out which is pretty cool. That's exciting. It's a big room, 1,600 cap. 1,600 cap, which means we sold how many tickets on a sellout if the cap is 1,600? Who can do the math? 1,800? Hmm, I can't remember. You know what? We're gonna, I'm going to have to get a calculator out. Now, normally we talk all about Metallica. We do some housekeeping. We read some emails. We check in on the fam. But the Turn the Page series, we're up here in this tiny little production office. We've mm-hmm. got our magic box over there. Let's, give, let's tickle some magic. Let's toggle some magic over here. I can 
Well, let me tell you something, brother. What else we got? I mean, let's just see what's going on. Hello, me. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> How about a little bit a uh, longer version of this? Day, mate. <laughs> Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. Good day, sir. I mean, the All possibilities are literally endless. I mean, it's really true. I mean, it's almost like it's this thing is as amazing as the amazing dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to our boys, Tony Lacito, Paul Moak, and the wonderful Tom Bukovac. Speaking of Bukovac, so I got into my new house. Um, the tour started. We're going to get into some tour talk. Don't you worry. Jordan's oh, yeah. going to be like, when are we going to talk about me? I love the amazing dogs, and that's one. Of, that's the episode I would have voted for for a fan favorite. Uh, <laughs> so I want to hang out with those out. guys. So we get. Uh, this is kind of amazing how this happened. We booked this tour however many months ago. The tour did so well, sold out really quick, that they added. they either added second shows in most markets or they bumped up the venue. Mm-hmm. Part of what they did was they added two shows to the beginning of the tour. Well, my house closed that same week. Oh, yeah. But miraculously, we had what's called a walkaway in Louisville. Who wants to explain what a walkaway is? Johnny, would you like to? That's one of your first walkaways. So a walkaway is where the gear doesn't have to leave the stage because it's going to stay there until the next show. So you can walk away and go have a nice time. Correct. The answer is correct. So we did two nights at the same club with a day off in between. So my little Heine rented a car. Me and our sweet, shout out to our sweet merch girl, Nicole, drove with me back to Nashville where I spent, I, I got like maybe 10 hours of sleep over three days Yeah. where I moved my family all day, then got my little Heine back in the car, came up to the second Louisville show. So the tour just started. We did all that. I don't know why I'm telling this story. I, it just occurred to me. So I got everyone moved into my house. I'm exhausted. Family goes to bed, but I wanted to get my vinyl setup going. Mm-hmm. So I got all the all the pieces out. Got everything. Got the mood lighting happening. And I was like, I was dog tired. It was like 3 a.m. And I was like, I'm gonna fucking listen to one record before I go to bed. <laughs> you have to. I have to because I'm not gonna see my house for five more weeks. Yeah. Exactly. By the way, that was it. I'm not gonna see the house for five weeks. Mm-hmm. And I fired up Trip the Witch, which is Tom Bukovac's uh, project with Dean DeLeo. Yeah. That we've talked about a lot. Oh yeah. And it sounded real good. I'll bet that's a great record. I know that we've encouraged our listeners to listen to that, check it out, and uh, it's a fantastic album. So you must continue to listen. So shout to out it. to the amazing dogs. You guys watch Tom's channel at all? Oh yeah, um, homeschooling. Homeschooling with Uncle Larry. Yeah, that's, Uncle Larry. How I, that's how I found out about Tom was during COVID. I was watching homeschooling, and he was talking about Stone Temple Pilots. He was talking about the uh, intro to Sour Girl. And I was uh, like, Tom was yeah, and he was talking about the DeLeo brothers, and I was like, this guy knows what's happening. Yeah. It's like any record where the more you listen to it, the more the layers begin to present themselves, like the influences of it. And I know they've talked a lot in the press about how their shared love of the band Yes, mm. which I never really got into. But I know that both of those guys love Pink Floyd. And I just hear so much Pink Floyd in the trip. The oh, record. yeah, for sure. You do. Yeah, like huge both influence. of those guys are huge David Gilmore nerds. You oh, yeah. Can tell. Absolutely. So anyway, there's Trip the Witch. Here we are on tour. This is going to be show four. Show number four. That's why we did Washington, D.C., two nights in Louisville, as you mentioned, and now we're here in Columbus. How's the, um, For you, Johnny, how's the tour going? Now, Johnny's a, a family man, newly married, by the way. Ethan and I were in the wedding. That's right. Yeah. And you got two beautiful kiddos at home. How are you feeling? Let's talk a little bit about the psychology of how fun it is to do this job but how hard it can be to leave home. Yeah, that's uh, that's the balance between my two worlds is mm. that uh, I have to... Cumbersome re- reference, by the way. Two worlds collided. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I have a great, wonderful family at home, and I'm uh, 
currently doing some of the same things that you just got finished with, you know, as far as home. Mm. Johnny might be buying a new house. Yeah, That's right. there's lots of things going on. So you got to juggle all of those things that are normal day-to-day life, except from hours away or sometimes across the country. And it's, it's hard. It tugs on those relationships. My mm-hmm. daughter cries terribly every time I leave and, you know, rips dad's heartstrings out. But then I get to come out here and hang out with you guys, and I have such a good time that I almost don't feel as sad. Correct. <laughs> Do you want me to pretend that you're my daddy? Would that help? I mean, I'm just here to help. You, I mean, I think you, if you called me dad. If you want me to wear a diaper and suck on a binky and call you daddy, I mean, yeah. I'm just saying I'll right. do it again. Well, you don't have to call me daddy, but for real, sometimes in like a grocery store out here, I'll hear like a kid say, dad, I and I'll look too. over my shoulder. Like, I'll think I do it's that kid, too. And it's like, and then I'm like, oh, I'm sad. If you want me to help you make uh, feel more comfortable on the road, Every time you get off the bus, I could start crying and begging you not to go. And well, what, what would be new about that? Exactly. Not that's new that's the Ethan that. special. Just making you feel, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, we have so much fun out here that it's, you know, obviously we keep doing it. So it's, uh, we have a great time. And you guys are my family too. So it's almost like I just have, now I have two families. I'm with my road family or my home family. I was going to say, if you want to turn to the back of the book where the glossary is, road family. That's your road family. family. Are we, yeah. Should we buy an, another house for the three of us? We Yeah, I think it's got in the parking lot. It's got wheels. Just Here's my only stipulation. I will leave my actual family to live with you guys. Kind of like the Beatles in uh, the Help movie where we slide down a fire pole together every day. Mm-hmm. My only stipulations are we have to sleep in the same bed and it's got to be a smaller bed and we have to shower together, period. Kind of like in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. It's exactly like Willy Wonka and yeah. the Chocolate Factory. Then, Good day, sir, by the way. Exactly. Good day, sir. You're up. Who's <laughs> up? I, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here contemplating it and I was in until you said small bed. I, I don't know if I could do the small bed. We're talking really? about the, you know the, the, the part of touring that is hard, which is... Being away from your baby, being away from your wife, your your house, your your new house, whatever you know, or your dogs that you care an, about, anything, that, yeah, the yeah. the comforts of home, familiarity, all that stuff, you know, it's like, you, and especially after you know uh, having a good bit of a break, we had almost what three months off before yeah. this, you know, you really get used to being home, getting back into that routine, no problem. Yeah, you know, I I'm you know I'm a big Foo Fighters fan, and uh, Dave Grohl said it great one time. He was like, every time we get to the end of a tour, we're like, we're never doing this shit again. We're going home, and I'll never do this again. And then after you're home for a couple of weeks, you're like, when are we leaving? I'm ready to go. <laughs> Fire up the bus. Post tour blues. Exactly. That's so, what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's really it's you know it, it when you're out here, you, the grass is always greener. It's like when you're out here, you just think about home a lot. When you're home, you just think about the road a lot. Yeah. At least I do. How much do our wives love when we try to bring the tour jokes home? Ooh. It's what I like to call the thousand yard stare or the I've been dead for a thousand year stare where you're trying to like do the bus riff and your your wife is just looking at you like it ain't going to work here, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the ones I've often done and has been met with a pretty harsh eye roll is let's say my wife's chilling on the couch. I come out into the room and I go, hey, babe, where's catering? Uh, Nothing. She doesn't like it, huh? And yet you keep doing it. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> she knows that. I, I love to hammer down a good dad joke. Well, sometimes you make the joke for your audience, right? Mm-hmm. I would even say that's most of the time. But sometimes you make the joke for yourself. A little thing called an audience of one. Right. Me. Right. Or God. Remember when you used to call, remember in church when you would say, hey, we're not playing, we're not playing for the congregation here. We're playing for an audience of one. They yeah. can point to God. Yeah. Or, or there was the people would do the hand gesture where they would point themselves and shake their head no, and then point to the sky and, and shake their head yes. <laughs> remember that one? That. Yeah. No, it's not about me. Well, no. it's a little thing called jamming for the lamb. 
That's right. You ever jam for the lamb? Yeah, I'll play for a chord for the Lord. Is that what Black Betty's about? That is what Black Betty's about. Yeah, jam for the lamb. Yeah, Yeah. I saw that on Behind the Music once in 1998. Sometimes you got to play faster for the master. Um, I love that God's always like above us. You know what I mean? It's like right. God's up there. I'm like wow. Like way higher than the airplanes. I know, super high. Yeah. Yeah, like up in the stratosphere. I guess so. Yeah. Right. Are we writing a new Lunar Satan album? I think we are. Speaking of that, we're on this. Let's talk about the song game a little bit. We're in the, in the song game that I started. I've been in with Bob forever. I'm in like four right now, but we have one between the three of us. It's been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. One of the songs from the song game that I called Haze of the Century. I can't remember what the phrase was, but uh, that's going to be a new Lunar Satan song. Hell yeah. Nice. It nice. was born born through the song game. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been that's a really fun thing to do. Um, nice I ha- shirt to have. It's a really nice shirt, a to, neat have. shirt to have. It's a neat shirt to have. This yeah. is we haven't talked about in We a while. haven't talked about yeah. neat shirts in a while. <laughs> I mean, this is the this is the first time in, ever in my life I've written this many songs consistently. Yeah. You know, and like, you know, we've talked about the point of the song game is not just to come out with this epic thing every single week. Like, if you can do that, wonderful. I can't, but, you know, you get a couple gems here and there. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to put that one on the back burner and save that for later. Yeah. It's a high volume situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I've had a great time. I'm really thankful for you guys because uh, you even helped me out with one of mine that we kind of oh, had yeah. a group effort on. And that was that was pretty What rad. was that song called? Uh, something for nothing something for nothing yeah we yeah. did like yeah i did drums on it and clint mixed it yeah we kind of got yeah. involved on that one didn't we, we? yeah it, it was we have to learn for sound check <laughs> well it was at a time where we hadn't seen each other in months too so it was kind of cool to mm-hmm. you know stay in touch writing tunes and it does kind of keep us talking yeah. uh bob and i bob schneider we do a podcast called i'm okay you're okay i'm not okay you're not okay and it's going pretty well we have a lot of listeners over there and uh I was talking to him one day. I was like, man, why do we, should we keep doing it? Why do we do it? Mm-hmm. And he said, man, I feel like the podcast is like, if we didn't have it, I wouldn't be able to talk to you every week. <laughs> right. And it, it made me feel like, oh man, I love you, dude. We can talk anytime. Yeah. Especially when we're recording the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, you know, we're kind of bound together by work because we all care about it so p- deeply and we're yeah. passionate. So that's yeah. right. That's right. I mean, listen, we're all avid music lovers and we write songs and, and you know, to me, the, the, the game is also a way to, to kick kick yourself in the ass just to get something done you know like i know before we started it together three of us or clint kind of started this group you had talked about not writing songs in a while and i was kind of the same way besides an instrumental album which is obviously zero lyrics so um so it's been cool to hear stuff coming from both of you you know you write have been writing consistently what at least with bob 10 years or something oh, yeah, like that yeah um well i joined the song game in may of 2011 okay wow and there was there was only a brief period of time where he kind of kicked me out because I was sending in, I mean, I was out, I was writing like five songs a week mm-hmm. because I was not touring and I was doing my publishing deal shit. So it wasn't cause I wasn't writing, but I was turning in co-writes mm. and just sort of shoehorning the lyric, the phrase in. And he kind of got a whiff of it and he said, Hey man, what's going on? You yeah. know? And, uh, I was like, man, I'm just, I'm writing too much. And he was like, I love it. It's great. But if, if you can't do it, then he, and he bounced me. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and he was right, though. He was right. And mm-hmm. I'm in Rachel Loy's songwriting group, and she has a hard rule. There's like no co-writes. Yeah. Is that once a week as well? Mm-hmm. That's cool. So it's interesting. But so anyway, other than that brief period of time, when, again, during it, I was writing a shit ton. Yeah. Um, I've been in the group for 12 years. It's crazy. Never And never missed a week. That's awesome. So you get a big muscle for it. I mean, I've told you guys, but one of the most exciting things about it is it ke- gets you away from feeling really precious about it. Yeah. So I'll hear a Ryan Adams record that I love and be like, oh, you know, Ryan Adams has a record called Prisoner that's very, it's got this great 80s thing. The chorus-y electrics through a Princeton reverb, 
really reverby vocals, really achy, mm-hmm. nostalgic kind of lyrics. And I'm like, man, I want to write 50 of those. Yeah. The good thing about the song game is you can. You can. Yeah, absolutely. You write you 50 can. of those, and then for, then you get a little collection of songs, which I got called Vampire, which yeah. became that record. But then you move on. You mm-hmm. know, then it's like, well, what else can I write? Yeah, for sure. To- yeah, it just keeps you working a lot. And that's what I like about it is I could, dude, I will talk myself out of anything. I can be the devil's advocate on myself for whatever yeah. I'm doing. But the song game, I'm committed to you guys. I can't quit you guys. <laughs> it's right, man. And I'm like, I owe it to myself. So, yeah, it keeps know, me I'm working. Like, don't, don't make me kick you out. Don't do it to me. Well, you, you know, you even gave me a bye week one time. Oh, yeah. You're like, hey, you guys don't have to do anything. But if you don't turn in anything this week. I'm gonna I'm gonna frown upon it. Yeah, and <laughs> don't you? Have I think one? you had different words, but we'll say frown upon it. And yeah, then, yeah. You have different words. But uh, yeah, and and I was like, you know what? He's giving me an out. I'm gonna. I kind of got a lot going on. I'm gonna take it. I'm not gonna turn anything in. And yeah. then the next day came when it was due, and I was like, hey, notice you didn't turn anything in, even though I gave you an out. And then next week it was elimination round for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you got us one strike. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, I've had people come in the game and never turn anything in, get bounced immediately, yeah. get bounced in two weeks. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. Pathetic. Well, yeah. I think I told you at one point I uh, was just taking the phrase that you were sending over from Bob because I had a, a few friends who were like, "Man, that song you think sounds cool? Mm-hmm. Can I be in it?" And I'm like, "I'm not. This is a different thing." So I was like, "I'll just send you the phrase. You send me a song once a week, and I'll send you what I wrote for my group." But the answer is definitely no. By the way, no one else can be in this. Exactly, group. and that's what I told them. But I, so I was like, well, let me just send it to you and, and we'll just have a little fun side thing. Mm-hmm. So there's like five chains of this one song. <laughs> phrase, well, like I, was, totally. I mainly was doing it to prove a point, knowing that this person was not going to do it. I wow. Said, look at you. I said, evil machinations well, over here. <clears throat> I, was, it, I was challenging them. I said, hey, like, if you don't do this two weeks in a row, then we're done. Yeah. The first week went by, nothing. Second week, like a little voice memo, which counts. Mm-hmm. Third week, nothing. Yeah. And bye. There have been people in the game who'll just send in like a 30 second voicemail and it's like, all right, look, yes, you're bending the rules here. I get it. All right. And let's, you know, we're not in court. It's fine. <laughs> right. But 10 of those in a row and it's like, all right, look, you can't do it. If you can't do it, you're out. Mm-hmm. It's that's all. You know, you just got to, we got to maintain some level of integrity. You can still write songs yeah. if you want. It's not like you're done writing songs, but yeah. you're just out of this group. So I'm afraid you guys are going to bounce me because I, I tend to do the acoustic thing because we all. They don't, don't have to be produced. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a producer. Every time I try to produce it, it takes me a week. Yeah, it can take a long time. Do it. I um, guarantee most of what I'll end up writing out here will be very stripped down compared because at home it's like, oh, like each night, you know, my, my wife goes to bed pretty early. Like I, I can, if we get the phrase early enough, I can spend three nights on the song and really make it sound good. You know, out here, like we don't have a phrase yet, and it's Saturday. Well, you can also really polish a turd with production. So, like, yeah. you know, you need to be able to write a song with an acoustic guitar that sounds good, right? Exactly. Yeah. That has a good chorus and has, you know, like, so it's, you know, getting caught up in the production part of it isn't a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Well, that I, makes I just like to better. polish turds. <laughs> well, you know, you guys don't. You guys have great songs, and I steal your tricks every week. I'm like, what are they doing? I gotta pay attention. <laughs> just trying to write good songs. That's my biggest trick. Well, you're good at it. That's what 12 years will get you. Yeah. So get to work out there. Yeah, that's a muscle that obviously Clint has been working out for way longer than we have. You know, I've I've put out a few EPs and records and, but but back in those days, I mean, those, my first EP took me like a year to write four songs because there was an instrumental on it. Four songs. I mean, and I painstakingly going over the lyrics and everything because I was just, I was never the songwriter guy in the band. I wrote music, never the lyric writer, never the front man. So it's fun to do something like this where like, and you taught me this too, where it, it, it was a approach of 
I think what you said was you're like, we talking about the chili peppers. You're like, well, what does Black Summer mean? What does that song mean? I'm like, I don't know. You're like, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, just write shit. Just write it down. Get it out and write it. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to mean anything. Do you think James Hetfield is in a song group? <laughs> it's called Metallica. Still, I, bet he, I bet he would join one of his, like, Vail, Colorado buddies. He's got, like, a collection of buddies that he hangs with. I bet if they had something. But, you know, one of the things that he does, because we've heard all of Metallica's demos, is they usually do lyrics last. And he'll do the, uh, uh, we call it dummy lyrics, where he'll just sing phonetic phrases over the music Mm -hmm. and it's really shocking how many times that melody is what stuck Mm -hmm. stuck and then he just put the lyrics over the melody really doesn't change much like you can listen to the blueprints of load and reload and it sounds like what ended up on load and reload but he's just doing the mush mouth thing which is something i do when i co-write a lot someone's like getting stuck on a lyric i'm like i'm gonna loop the verse just sing stuff over it and then i'll sit at the computer and i'll type out what i can pick out Right. And I'll be like, oh, this part's really cool. And they're like, that's not what I said at all. It's like, well, but it's cool. That's what it sounded like. Yeah. I do the same thing. I just I sing a bunch of mumble stuff, mostly <clears throat> trying to hone in on a melody. And then you'll sing some word out of nowhere, out of thin air, and you're like, oh, that word's kind of cool. I can use that <clears throat> in this you okay sentence. Over there? Not really, apparently. Need a water? <clears throat> no, I think I'm good now. Just got to clear the throat a little so bit. So I just started watching a Metallica documentary. Um, oh God, are we going to talk about Metallica? Now? Kind of monster? I'm sorry. No, no, I'm talking. I was I was going to piggyback off what you said about James. The uh, but in it, we, I always hear as with everybody, you hear the final product mm-hmm. from the studio, and it's all polished. And you're like, man, where did they just pull it out of thin air? What what is where is that from? Mm-hmm. But at the beginning of this documentary, they're working on. I want to say they're working on Fuel or one of those one of those songs on. What's the documentary? Reload. I can't think of the name. Or, or yeah. is it the Black Album, the Year and the Half Life of Metallica? Uh, I can look it up if you want me to, but I, <laughs> I, I put this on before I go to bed and I fall asleep to watching documentaries. And then people ask me about them and I halfway remember it because I'm falling asleep. Right. But I remember being <laughs> shocked because I was like, wow, yeah, they sound just like they sound normal. They're just they're just like four dudes or is mm-hmm. it four? Yeah, four dudes, <laughs> and uh, and uh, but they were working on that song, and he's just what you're saying, like, just throwing lyrics at the wall, and like it's not the song yet, but it tells yeah. you what they're working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I was like, even Metallica. Well, they, I mean, that's that was one thing. of the biggest revelations of the Get Back documentary, right? Is you're watching Paul McCartney do that? You're yeah. Like, Whoa. Yeah. Just like little old us. Yeah. Just yeah. All of a sudden, in the background, he's just playing four chords, and all of a sudden, it's turning into you know, Hey Jude. Yeah, and that's you know that's the big misconception I think of of what we do because people think oh you're so talented it's like man I kind of got to work my ass off to do all this like it's work like yeah. I have to you have to think about it. And, well, we mm-hmm. were talking yesterday about who are we talking about? We were talking about some genius, you know, and we're talking about how fucked up they are. And it's like, well, that's kind of the price of genius, mm-hmm. is you know, and then you got a bunch of normal people like us, or I'll say just me, which I'm stable, married, capable of being happy. But yeah. not a genius. Have to just work really hard to yeah. be kind of good at what I do. Yeah. And that's most artists, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it takes a lot of work. Yeah. And if you're not in this world, then it just seems like it's just comes out of thin air and people can just, yeah. oh, look at them. They can just write a song on right. the fly. And it's like, eh, they probably worked at that for a long time. When was the last time you listened to Metallica? Yesterday. You know, because I woke up humming the, the melody to a song. And I was like, man, what is that? And it was, I Disappear. Oh, what I heard you singing that. What is the what is the Metallica masses think of I Disappear? Because I, before you tell me what they think, I'm going to tell you what I think. And I think it rips. It's one of my favorites. Great song. I'm like, it's such a, was it on an album or just the Mission no, Impossible? No, it was on the Mission Impossible 2 soundtrack. Yeah, it was the last recording of Jason Newstead. 
And I also listened. Well, so I was I was humming that because the lyrics. I heard you singing it. I was wondering if that's what it was. What's the part yeah. that got stuck in your head? Well, j- the chorus because like when they take it down. And do it's, you bury me when like, I'm gone? Yeah, and do you teach me while I'm here? Yeah. Just as, as soon, soon as, as I, I belong, belong, it's time, it's I, time disappear. I disappear. And I was I like, know. dude, what? Because the verses are like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 hey. hey, hey. Yeah, and I'm like, but the chorus is like so good. It's like, yeah. damn. Cool, creepy, high guitar part by Kirk. And that's a great song. I love yeah. that philosophy, too, man. As soon as I belong, it's time I disappear. Yeah. It's like, what, what's the other song? It made me think of another line, uh, get to know me once I go away. It's a Dolls lyric. But anyway, um, that was the last time I listened to Metallica. It was yesterday. But before that was the new stuff, the Lux Eterna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What'd you think? Oh, Screaming Loved Suicide. It. I haven't heard Screaming Suicide yet, but Lux Eterna, love it. Well, we did a whole episode on it. I guess you didn't hear that one. I didn't. I guess you did yeah. that week off. So I guess you're not um, I was keeping writing- up with it. <laughs> yeah, boo. Yeah, I was uh, writing songs for the song game. I couldn't tune in. Sorry. <laughs> by the way, a uh, background soundtrack provided by our opener for the few shows, Kyle Kelly. Shout out to Kyle Kelly, who we met Kyle because we needed a bus, and he owns a bus. He owns an old, is it an Eagle? It's an Eagle, yeah. He owns an old bus from the 70s that was, who was it made, that bus made for? Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers. His, Kenny Rogers' mother. Oh, mother. Okay, oh, I yeah. didn't know so that. She, so she could follow sir kenny around okay wipe his little hiney yeah because well, mommy's got to be there well kyle named the bus the gambler oh for obvious reasons um kenny rogers mother was had a gambling she had a gambling problem yeah <laughs> <laughs> and actually the song the gambler was advice to his mommy mom you gotta know when to hold him right he wrote that him. for his yeah, mom exactly. right everyone knows that that was also on the same behind the music as right i mentioned earlier from 1998 about black yeah. betty yeah um but we met kyle because he came in on a pinch and provided the bus and he was our driver yeah, and Morgan, because Morgan's a sweetheart, uh, she offered for and Kyle's a musician. He's in a band. We got to know Kyle, and one of her ways of saying thank you, which she paid for the bus, but one of the ways she said thank you was she offered for him to come out and open the first leg of the tour. Yeah, pretty cool. So he's down there with his boys right now, making a little ruckus, making a little ruckus, sound checking, tuning guitars, getting anything dialed in. Today, my guitar bit the dust in a big way. I walked out right after that happened. Apparently, it, the strap button uh, it's came just loose. a $2,500 Gibson Gold Top. No it's, big deal. It's fine. Uh, my favorite guitar right now. But yeah, the strap button, the screw came, came completely out of the bottom, and the whole guitar hit the deck real hard. I'm so glad the neck didn't snap. Man. All I heard was, and I turned around, and there was a Gibson face down on the Ugh. stage. Ooh. But Kyle Kelly, though, before long, he was up there with uh, tools. He was like trying to help me fix it. He's just a he, good all-around dude. I love that yeah, guy. Yeah, really good guy. He, really nice person and and they sound great he's also rocking a gold top out here great kisser oh yeah <laughs> yeah i love his cowboy a little mu- mustache kind of tickles you a little bit uh just a little bit yeah yeah that's but right. enough but enough yeah. enough to keep me titillated yeah can yeah, we say titillated now i think so yeah we're in a cultural moment where titillation is off the table has it become taboo no i think it's okay johnny your thoughts on the word titillation i'm trying i was i'm trying to figure out the context of what <laughs> this means because i could take it a few different ways here let's hear them titillation is that uh that's uh <laughs> i mean the first part of that's making me titillate uh, t- making me feel a little nipply in here yeah. oh okay oh a little, a little chilly yeah i notice you're both wearing the uh hoodies that the venue gave us last night yeah they offered us some uh, nice comfortable hoodies from uh, headliners in louisville anything that has a crash plane on it i'm gonna wear it i can't have to wear it, wear it on an airplane Wow. Whoa. Dark. Dark. Sorry. This tour is filled with dark not jokes. Cool. We're in, not cool. We're in you start song four. games just to crash and burn your buddies who can't do it, and you wear a crashed airplane on an airplane? I'm just, I'm, I'm a, I've become a dark character. And guy. you go Sorry. crash Kamikaze. into me. 
Wanna do you. Great song. I can't believe I was not the first one to bring up Dave Matthews today. This has got to be the first time that that has ever happened to me. One of Kyle Kelly's guitar players was playing uh, Crash on guitar yesterday. Wow. Or, oh, Satellite. What a loser. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> loser. Wow, what a fucking loser. Anyway, meanwhile. <laughs> anyway, speaking of winners. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> <laughs> well, what else is going on, boys? What else can we get into here on this riveting already, probably the greatest episode we've ever performed? Uh, turn I, the page. I'd like to ask you guys what venues you are most looking forward to playing. Hmm. Or already played, Johnny. I was really, you know, I was really stoked to be back at Nine Thirty Club. That club is awesome. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was one of it was when we were on the Lucero tour. That was one of the ones that really stuck out to me because we we played a lot of places. But uh, I remember when we got to Nine Thirty Club, I was like, whoa, this is this is different. Mm-hmm. This is like a big boy club, and uh, you had to go back as a headliner twice. Like that's uh, that's pretty sick. So you want those cupcakes and yeah, the cupcakes. cupcakes. Oh, yeah. I already posted about them, dude. After all these years, I've, I don't know how many times you've played Nine Thirty Club. I've played it a bunch. I was always under the impression that they made you the Nine Thirty Club cupcakes if you sold it out. The guy brought them in the other day. I was the only one in the dressing room. I was like, oh yeah, man, the sold out cupcakes. He goes, now nah, we give these to everybody. Mm. <laughs> Just feels like how'd that make you feel? Uh, like, like boo music, like a to- like a total total loser. <laughs> So, yeah. You know what assuming does? Tell me. Makes an ass out of you and me. Uh, <laughs> Sounds titillating. Yeah. That actually spells the word assume, too. You're <laughs> yeah. score over there, Ethan. That's right. Well, yeah, they That's give right. the cupcakes to everybody. Um, I think if you sell it out, they give you, like, clothing. Yeah, which uh, we're going back as on Sunday, which this episode will already be out. But uh, they, they took our order the other day. Yeah. Um, clubs I'm looking forward to. I don't know. I guess the Ryman Troubadour. What about you? Uh, definitely the Ryman. I mean, we're headlining two nights there, which is really exciting. Yeah, uh, Troubadour. I mean, I, I grew up going to that venue a lot. Um, I really like the Neptune in Seattle. Old theater vibe, kind of like this, a little bit like the yeah, Newport. We've played it together. We have. That's right. You're I'm telling forward. me about it, but yeah, we've played it looking, together. I'm telling our audience. Oh, but I'm looking forward to going back there and headlining that place. I don't like the dressing room there. Not a great dressing room, Sitch. That's for yeah, sure. It's like, Way upstairs, it's like five flights of yeah. stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll have another. Uh, we had a good rooftop hang last we did time. We had a good rooftop hang. The, uh, Lucero guys, and yeah, that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to Austin just because I've never played Austin except for the one Luck Ranch thing. But that's obviously what's the not- venue in Austin? Um, Do you Sco- know? Scoot in, I think it's called. I've never played there. Scoot in, <laughs> boot scoot on in, man. It's not Stubbs. It's it not Stubbs. Not I think it's a Scoot in. Johnny's going to c- uh, confirm this for us. If I were to look it up, I would. Oh, we're buying time, buying time, buying time, 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 time is money. Newprin, brought you're, to you by Newprin, brought to you by Newprin. Oh, now you're, you're gonna, cracking up Instagram? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to find it in time. You catch up on it's your not, socials? <laughs> what, are you waiting on me? I was just checking my messages. <laughs> no, we're, check, we're checking uh, on this. The venues aren't listed. on there. It's not, li- the venues aren't listed. Man, I don't know. Crash and burn, you have dude. You have an actual app on your phone that has your, our schedule on it. Do I'm just you? telling you right now, it's the scoot in. You guys have phones? Last I saw. Well, we can move on. I guess it doesn't really matter, does it? Yeah. By show of hands, who's looking forward to playing the Gray Eagle? In <laughs> Not me. <laughs> One of our least favorite venues. Not me. No. I'd hope that I'd reached a point in my career where I would never have to play there again. Right. But that hasn't happened. Yeah. Next year. We'll see. Maybe we'll play the uh, Orange Peel instead. We'll see what happens. <laughs> One cool thing to talk about, I think, is um, obviously this is a headlining tour for Morgan, her first one. 
And we've leveled up quite a bit. We got a crew now. Yeah, we should talk about the new crew. So previously, before this tour, we were running lean. Yeah, it was just the band and a tour manager, and occasionally we would have our tour manager wear multiple hats. But this time we've got a lighting director. We've shout out to Joe. Mm-hmm. We've got a merchandising um, uh, liaison. Shout out to Nicole, who is my traveling buddy who is on a mission to turn me into a Paramore fan. She is, yeah. She loves her some Paramore. I think she's working on you a little bit. I heard she you were turning... She played some good stuff. She she surprised me. Man, I love some of their early stuff. I haven't heard the new record yet. New we record's were, cool. We were going to like trade songs, and uh, that never happened. Oh. Okay, as in she took over, or you were enjoying it? She kind of took over. Or were you enjoying it enough? I was being nice. Okay. I was kind of enjoying it. I yeah. was looking forward to maybe playing some songs I liked. Yeah. It never happened, and that's fine. Like I'm gonna play the 17 minute Tool song. Well, next. listen. I mean, I would never do that though. Right, I, right. I'm not gonna lay Tool on somebody that of I know course. is not a Tool fan. It's, it's too much, and it's like if you don't already if you're not already into that party, I'm, it's not my job to. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I can't play a nine minute Tool song. Of course. Like, What'd you think? <laughs> Tool's like you're in or you're out. Now yeah, I can how about see minute po- seven. I can see playing her like a Guster song or like a Dave song or something. Yeah. But um, she here's the thing, man. She's really, really into Paramore. Oh, yeah. So she played the first song, and I, I really did like it. But I was also just, you know, getting this along. So I was like, oh, yeah, you know? Yeah, this guitar. Yeah, okay. I didn't know. Okay. And then that just got her excited, and then she just... Yeah, yeah, she kept going. She, then she if played like a, lot, a lot more Paramore songs. I think the cool thing about Nicole is that after talking to her quite a bit about her musical taste, she's basically really into pop punk and emo. Yeah. Um, we, there's a lot of stuff we could play her, because if, she, if she's... It seems like she has a, a, a bit of a narrow musical taste, I guess. I mean that in a, in a mm. rude way, but from what she's told me, that's like all she listens to. Mm-hmm. So it's like, man, I feel like if she's open to it, like man, we can definitely show her some good stuff. I feel like if pop punk music is her favorite music, I don't have a lot to show her that she would like. <laughs> I mean, what are you talking about? I just meant like you know, if there's you know, if she's in the mood to listen to something different than what she's normally used to listening to, maybe yeah. she'll love Bon Scott. Maybe taste. Maybe she likes Bon Scott <laughs> era ACDC. Who knows? I was yeah. telling her about Pedro. I was trying to find things I like that might be in that world. So I was like, okay, emo music. I was like, what about Pedro the Lion? No. What about Bright Eyes? No. Wow. And I, those were like my only reference points. That's interesting. I, I tried to go back a little further because she was mentioning a lot of like, you know, whether it's Paramore or My Chemical Romance or whoever. And I was like, how about Sunday Real Estate or Jimmy, early, early Jimmy World Records? And so mm-hmm. she knew all those. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like if she doesn't know Bright Eyes? No. Wow, well, she knows them, but she's not a fan. She doesn't yeah. know any of the songs. Interesting. She said she went to a Bright Eyes show and the, the dude was so drunk. It was so bad. Oh, that sucks. I saw him one time. It was pretty terrible, too. Yeah. He's kind of a genius, though. I saw him at a festival years ago, uh, Bright Eyes, and I described it to my buddy I was with as feedback with a drum beat for an hour. Mm-hmm. It was really well, unlistenable. I, he's, well, he's a, he's a fucked up guy. Yeah. Um, but I've checked out the records. You right. know, he's got a few records that I know really well. And yeah. I mean, lyrically, have you guys ever checked out him lyrically? I haven't gone deep. I mean, I have a lot of friends that like it. They played on the bus and stuff like that. And it, and it was always cool sounding, but I never I knew mean, that. He could he could hold it up there with any of them I mean he can hang up there with Jason Isbell wow wow that Dawes guy he can hang up there with those dudes yeah I've, I've never checked it out that's pretty good never heard of Bright Eyes yeah never heard of Connor Oberst nope wow you're fired I've heard of Sarah Connor <laughs> get out I've heard of Sarah McLaughlin oh now are we just playing an association oh, game here <laughs> can you oh. name 10 people in a row you went to school with in elementary school just start naming names first oh. and last can you do it Elementary school? Yeah, just don't just clear your mind and just go for it. 
Rosa Hutchins, Rachel Coulthard, Samantha Roberts. Okay. These are all girls. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> all right. Tyler Blevins, Cody Blevins, which I, uh, you know what? I grew up in a, in the South. I could just like make these names up. The, make some the, up. Uh, Let's go. <laughs> Kevin Canner, uh, Zach Crosswhite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> those are real, by the way. Uh, There's something so funny about just saying people's names. Yeah. <laughs> Ethan, you got anything? Robbie Nichols. Okay. Uh, Mike Lambert. Um, it only takes on the hypnotic effect I'm trying to achieve here if you just let them roll. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, it's hard. I, I always feel this pressure. It is hard. Can like, you do it? Oh, Clint's great at this. I'm pretty good at it, but I'm not going to do it right now. Yeah, I, wanted really to see, I wanted this. to see what you guys were made oh. of. I invented this game. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mike so Clipper, like Kevin thing. Brown, Vanessa Lombardo, hmm. um, Hillary Lamp. Hillary Lamp. Yeah, I wonder what Hillary Lamp's Actually, up to. I will tell you because guess where she was where? at the nine thirty club the other night. Okay. First time I'd seen her since high school. Wow. Yeah, she hit me up over Facebook and was like, "I'd love to come see you play." I was like, "Lamp, all right, Lamp, Miss Lamp." It's her maiden name, by the way. Okay, but can you say maiden name anymore? I don't know. Is that is that bad? Uh, does, doesn't a maiden mean like a virgin? And that's why you would call people's maiden names before they got married, because of course no one has sex before they get married. Put them in the Iron Maiden. Right. Put them in an Iron Maiden. Um, I don't I'm, know. I don't know if that's. I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I've I've never heard anybody be like, "Oh, you can't do that anymore, sir." Um, I was learning while I was moving that it's not cool anymore to say master bedroom. Oh, because it'd be like the master quarters, as in yeah. they own slaves, right? Copy. Okay. I'm definitely not the one to ask about any sort of <laughs> what's going on in the cultural uh, masses. Yeah, yeah, sure. What do you spend your time doing when you're not rocking that Gene Simmons bass? Uh, honestly, uh, overthinking life and dumb things like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I like to think of entrepreneur uh, avenues and ways to broaden my stock portfolios. This sounds like read, an Instagram ad. I read, I was are you entrepreneurially <laughs> thinking of new avenues and revenue streams? Are you curious about passive income streams? Do you want your money to make money for you? Do you work harder or smarter? Dude, so, what, so to answer your question, I would click on that ad and then I'd just <laughs> scroll on this page for an hour. Have you added entrepreneur to your Instagram bio yet? Not yet. I'm I'm trying to figure out how to spell entrepreneur. Because every once time I figure it out, every time I see that on someone's Instagram profile, I think you have no money. I have two great ideas for an invention. One of them, um, oh, I love these. One of them you're going to love to hear. One of them is pretty controversial. I'll okay. save that for last. I have the idea for what I call the tornado obliterator, and here's what it is in my mind's eye. <laughs> it's a bazooka-like contraption, and look, I'm just the guy with the idea. I don't know how to make it. So that's, I'm going to leave this up to like particle physicists or sure. astrophysicists. But you shoot a particle bomb into the heart of a tornado, and it diffuses the tornado. I mean, that would be very the tornado helpful. obliterator. Yeah. Now, think about people. What's the part of the country where it gets all the tornadoes? Tornado Alley. Oh, cleverly named. <laughs> so think about think about how we just li- think about how we just live under the terror and the rain of the tornado. It lays us to waste, destroys our homes and cities, yeah. and we just let it happen. They're like, we just have to evacuate and let a tornado rip our lives apart. Nah, not with the tornado obliterator. And guess who's paying for the tornado obliterator? The state, right? Call now. So the state, so every state, every county, it would be part of the government infrastructure. Just the way that they have like things that clear the snow in cities that have yeah. a lot of snowfall. Sure, get your tornado obliterator. Boom! Like, I'm rich, and I've also changed the world. 
the world will forever after the tornado obliterator be divided into two eras pre and post tornado obliterator yeah and who would run this like the fire department yeah it'd, it'd, be, it'd be yeah, it'd be doled out or maybe we'd create a new uh a new, a new, agency. In, a new institution for it yeah okay i just didn't know if you meant like like every, you could go buy one of these at walmart no, and everybody would have one no we can't have rogue citizens with a tornado obliterator no, the implications you are you know and then they, of course that's going to be it's going to get political i mean you're going to have people that you know want less government they're not how are we spending our how are we using our tornado obliterators because it's going to it's going to be heavy on the tax oh. dollars a tornado obliterator by the way not cheap but guess what it's cheaper than a destroyed neighborhood. Build it, rebuilding an entire city. That's yes, pretty absolutely. Absolutely. I think we need to get this on the 2024 ballot. That's uh, a good idea. We can vote for it. I think I'm going to run for president. Uh, you got my vote. My father-in-law, Isabel's dad, who's the smartest man I've ever met, and great, a great man, a great man, and uh, he was studied astrophysics. I ran it by him, the tornado obliterator. Guess what his response was? That's impossible. Uh, but I don't know. Did you tell him all things are possible? I don't know how to turn dreams into reality without a little courage, a little bravery. The word impossible doesn't seem like part of that stew, the recipe of getting things done. I mean, he might think it's impossible, but you're going to meet someone that is like, you know what? I think we can do it. What did you say you studied? Astrophysics. Oh, yeah. That's the problem. You need an aeronautical engineer. Sounds like you might know a guy. There you go. I went to high. I went to. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't. But I want to hear the other one. What's the what's the controversial one? I've mentioned this, and women hate this idea. I'm going to lead off with that. Okay. Women hate it. It's called the home incubator. Now, let me lay it on you guys the way I might try to pitch it to a shark tank. Okay. Okay. Women have an extremely unfair advantage when it comes to procreation. Think about what it takes for a man to do his part of procreating. Not much. All right? I know you think about it in your bunk every night. (laughs) Now, think about what a woman has to do. Nine to ten months of having her body completely change, mm-hmm. the risks, the health risks associated with having children, um, and the way it, you know, her inability to continue working right. through a pregnancy. Think about, and then the, as the primary uh, parent, the one who has to like actually feed and nourish the baby with her own body, there's an imbalance here. And guess what? I don't like it. This is me just trying to sell the home incubator. Okay. Imagine a device where once the process is started, you could retrieve the fetus, put it in your home incubator, and you could you could basically have the entire um, pregnancy process that happens. You simulate it in a home incubator in your home, like little baby chickens. Exactly like little baby chickens. Now, women hate this idea. Right. Well, why? There, I've noticed a visceral reaction to the idea of it happening outside of their bodies. It, it it's but the whole purpose of the creation is to save their bodies, right? From havoc well that's how i see it now i don't know if you need stem cells i don't know how you recreate the unique womb of the unique mother involved um but anyway again i i, I don't know the bit the nuts just and the bolts idea of it. i'm just the idea guy yeah, yeah totally home incubator yeah i mean i'm not a woman so i can't i can't weigh in but i think they're both great ideas and it wouldn't be forced on all women women not. can have birth however they want i'm just saying for the career-driven woman the woman who is worried about um, all the things, all the complications that come with making a child, it would be an option. Yeah. And it would cost a million dollars. It's just an option. Just for the low payment of one billion dollars. Now, here's the question. You can either make two of, one of these realities come true, the tornado obliterator or the home incubator. Which one are you, which one are you investing in and funding? I'm going tornado. Tornado obliterator. Tornado obliterator, yeah. Because that's going to save so many lives. It is going to save a lot of lives. Yeah. I, I think I would go with the uh, 
what what did you call the the, the home incubator. the home incubator? Yeah, because that would also save lives and give lives, create lives, hmm. create life. Yeah, create life. Yeah. You guys ever have any good inventions? I've had like four, and every time I think about them, they either happen or I figure out they already were a thing. My a most- magic box that you could play music samples on. Yeah, on a podcast. Like this. You could easily just, you know, do something like this. Peace and love. <laughs> one of the uh, the last great one that I thought, well, that I thought was great, was an air purifier, but flies around like a blimp, <laughs> and so it just flies over like L.A. and cleans Gets the rid air. Of that smog. Yeah, yeah. It cleans. Yeah, call, I was going to call it the air vac. <laughs> the air vac. <laughs> yeah, dude, just flies over these cities that are polluted and okay. just it just cleans the air and just cleans it up. Just well, well it one right of the ideas up. I had, which is what birthed a whole thing on our podcast, as I mentioned to Clint, this was an idea I had when I was young, was. What became the weigh your crap toilet, mm-hmm. where you, you go in the bathroom and do your thing, and it weighs your crap for you. So you know how much weight has come off of you or out of you. Now what and this turned that? into a whole bit, and we, we, a jingle happened. It was awesome. I mean, they do that for babies, but you're talking about like as an adult. We're talking about like an actual like toilet. And now, people have sent us links. This is a thing that does exist now. I think it's in Australia or something. But yeah, back in the day, when one of my old bands touring, somebody like, dude, be fucking hilarious if like you went and take a dump and then there's a little thing next to a little scale it's like oh that weighed 2.6 pounds you're like wow and you keep a little log yeah i mean a log mm-hmm. <laughs> been eating a lot of fiber great you log your logs you log is that it? what this podcast has become are yeah. we now beavis and butthead the i had a, i had another <laughs> idea and i really loved this one i thought it was going to make me a millionaire when i was like 16 because i was a valet parking cars and you know the uh, transitional lenses and glasses? Mm-hmm. Well, I thought, why not put this in cars? Because you're riding down the freeway, <laughs> blacked out windows, sunshine. Not getting in here, I can see great. Right. But at nighttime, tinted windows kind of really suck. You can't see anything. So at nighttime, they clear up, and you mm-hmm. can see out of your windows. Cadillac had a patent for it. I look. I went. Mm, I went to mm. the U.S. Treasury, <laughs> <laughs> and I demanded to speak to a copywriter. And, uh, yeah, Excuse me, do you have a copywriter here? <laughs> he said, sir, this is a Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> sir, you're, you're here for the, so, the showing of National yeah. Treasure Part 2. That was the first time I got kicked out of Starbucks. I love the idea of you just spinning a globe and just hoping it stops. Like, where's the National Treasure? <laughs> oh, interesting. Bangor, Maine. I mean, I've, I've thought of cra- uh, all kinds of What stuff. else we got? I thought a global Wi-Fi. Be, I know whatever Elon Musk did it. I know because he's way smarter than me and he knows how to do it. But I thought of it years before it was announced that he was doing it. You can't say Elon Musk did. Oh, oh is yeah, that man. you just outraged half of our audience. Oh no! So well, global internet. All so right, next that. time they talk, want to talk that uh, the internet, global internet, was created by Elon Musk. They like, no, Johnny Sword thought of it first, and Elon stole it. Mm. So that. That can clear up some things. What a shithead. I once thought of a jump to conclusions mat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I want to see an office space, there you go. Man, that was good. I did not think of that. that was, yeah, I thought that would land better, but <laughs> it did not. That's okay. Yeah, Maybe think, put the clip in there. That, the only thing that will save that is the clip. That's probably true, yeah. yeah. That or, I mean, what else can we put in here? We have plenty of, how about this? Oh, here we go. It's Kid Baby. If you guys could say one thing to Kid Rock, what would it be? What, well, no, no, no. Hold on. If you could ask Kid Rock one question, what would it be? What would you ask Kid Rock? Hmm. 
I'm War. sure there's a lot of people that would want to just ask him about political shit because he's kind of been more involved in that mm-hmm. in the last few years. But that doesn't interest me. Okay. I would ask him what Pam Anderson was like. Oh. As a person, I'm not a weirdo. You're both looking at me like I'm getting inappropriate. I'm I just, mean, she's got a new documentary that came out or whatever, so yeah, you, I'm sure she talks about it. I watched it, but I want to know the real juice in there. You, know? oh, you want to know what's, the real story. Yeah, what's really going okay. on? What I happened? Just, they were only married for like three months. Yeah, that happens a lot. It does, yeah. <sighs> Young marriages. How long do you think your marriage is going to last? You in it for the long haul? Yeah, uh, it, at least a couple decades. <laughs> at least, <laughs> at least. I mean, we've we've been together for seven years and have two kids, and we just now got married. Yeah, so I think we're kind of already we got each other kind of figured out. I don't from a part of town where people look down on that uh, the untra- an untraditional path of marriage. Yeah, but. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a little unorthodox myself. Yes, so, you are. So I kind of mm-hmm. I kind of prefer it that way. I'm like, you know, I I I mean, I I don't know what the world thinks in 2023, but I like to test drive a car before I buy it. And uh, <laughs> you know, I I put yeah, I put some miles in this relationship before yeah, we did. before we tied the knot. And you know, we've been around the country together and had kids together and lived together. I mean, there's no there's no surprises at this point. I mean, my youngest brother is a very religious person, and we're buddies, we're friends, we're not super close. He's 11 years younger than me. Oh, wow. And, you know, he's, he took a different path in life, and we're just different dudes. Real, he's real smart, very smart dude. And uh, he started dating this girl, and they were getting pretty hot and heavy. This is when he was like 23. Mm-hmm. And I got married when I was 22, and I lived to tell the tale. I got divorced. I don't recommend getting married that young. And I'm not the kind of older brother that's given him a lot of advice, you know? He... His life is doing a thing. I'm doing a thing. I'm like, I'm here for you if you need me. Mm-hmm. Hope you know you can talk to me. But I'm not the like, come sit, come sit down. And let me tell you, let me tell you a spell. But he was talking about marrying this chick, and I did tell him. I said, Jacob, listen, baby, do not marry anybody you haven't lived with or had sex with, which is very frowned upon in a lot of religious yeah. sects. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's um. But I think that's great advice. I do too. I really think it's good advice. I don't. I don't know how forward I can be on your podcast, but I was. I was in the church world, and I don't. There wasn't a lot of people really saving themselves for marriage there. Yeah. Maybe that particular church. I don't yeah. know. But yeah. I mean, it is good advice. I mean, the thought of spending the rest of your life with somebody and you've never shared a space with them is. It seems insane now. The older I get, yeah. Especially the older I get, you know. Um, we you just we, learn so much about someone when you live with them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and the littlest things will start to piss you off, and oh. and you know what? I'm just as guilty, but you know, I I like to fight fire with fire because I'm <laughs> irrational. Because you're a Metallica fan, <laughs> yeah. And it'll you know if hey uh, you know my wife will come in hey you everything okay? I'm like yeah, what's up? Well, I just noticed you pissed on the toilet seat. I'm like yeah, that's uh, I was because I was in there fuming about cleaning up peanut butter jelly sandwiches off the counter that you left out, and we just kind of <laughs> we'll throw. We'll throw jabs at each other all day. Like living with you means that I have to encounter a lot of things. I joke about her all the time. Like we just need to get separate apartments. Mm. We would we're, we would be much better off. It's great for intimacy. <laughs> really good. Yeah, it's going to work like, out well with this new house you're trying like to buy. Like I'll just you. I'll just we'll hang out. We'll cuddle up, watch a movie, and about eleven thirty, I'll go back to my place. Where <laughs> it's clean. They're heading home. Where it's clean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just go next door. Like we'll live right beside each other, but. Well, fair. That's I mean, another, you know, to to drag it back to the whole like balancing tour life and family life. I, living with you guys, I will say, I don't know if we overcompensate because we're on a bus and it's really small and tight, and it's like you want to be courteous, and it's I don't want to leave my shoes out, you know, because somebody 
might get mad at me or whatever, but everybody, we keep it tidy. And then mm-hmm. I go home where I have two small children and, and my wife. And it's just like, we live here. We don't care. Here's a mountain of laundry that has mm-hmm. been done in days mm-hmm. and you know, just a wreck. And I'm like, my OCD out here is very pleased because it's always clean. Yeah. There's nothing worse on the road than having, having a messy person or two in your space. Cause Yes, the bus is nice and could be considered glamorous and it's comfortable. We don't have to drive. You get nine people on that thing, it gets busy. It does. And if there's one or two messy people, it just throws everything off for me. It's just like I get, you wake up and you see trash and plates out and this and that. It's like, oh my God, like there's a trash can right there. Yeah. And we kind of get spoiled because we're in like clean hotel rooms that there's a cleaning service involved and, you know, restaurants where like they. They wait on you and bring you your food and take it away. And then I go home and I'm like scraping hard eggs out of the <laughs> skillet. I'm like cussing under my breath. I, I will say like, and it's not even just my wife. Even when I was living with my some of my buddies, like my roommates, there's nothing worse than scraping eggs off a pan that dried. Yeah. Eggs you didn't even eat. Yep. I've been doing that for it. I'm like, you know what? I didn't even eat these eggs. You ever, uh, you ever put some water in a pan and turn it back on? To like kind of boil it a little bit to get it a little looser. <laughs> I've never done that. I've I've left water in the pan and left it like for a couple hours and let it break down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never reheated. it. And and you know nothing. If I can rant for a second, nothing Please. pisses me off more than putting something in the dishwasher, hitting that little button, walking away, going about my life, coming back, still food on the plate. Mm-hmm. Like your one job, you had one job is to clean the dishes. This is you talking to your three year old son. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Malcolm, you had one yeah. job. Which, by the way, Johnny Sword's son named Malcolm. Yeah, he is after uh, after it was after Malcolm Young, right? It it was. Yeah, that's where I got the name and the idea from. I don't know how much uh, my Malcolm wife loves Swords. That. Yeah, he, he's destined to be a rock star. I think he is. Well, you know, I gave him an out because I didn't want to. I didn't want to curse him by being named after one of his lame dad's old favorite bands. <laughs> so I gave him an out. I gave yeah. him John Malcolm. So he can go John, Johnny. Oh, so Malcolm is J-Mac. middle name to, <clears throat> legally. Yes. So he's a junior. No, my my birth name's Jonathan. Oh. I didn't want to give him that curse either. Like wow. living in the shadow of his dumb dad. You know? Dang, mm-hmm. dude, you really thought about all this stuff. Yeah, well, I feel like I feel like uh, I was not thought for in that way when I was being named, which I have a cool name, obviously. My parents did great. But uh yeah. Same with same for my daughter. I was going to name her Halen after Van Halen, a oh, little man. band. And then, uh, you know, that's when I first had the thought, like, man, I don't want to live in the shadow of David Lee Roth for the rest of her life. What if your kids were Van Sword and Halen Sword? There you go. The other night we were in a dressing room and Hell's Bells, was, we have Hell's Bells as part of our, like, intro music. And Johnny goes, uh, man, what band ever rocked as hard as this band? And I immediately said, Van Halen. <laughs> and we were like, oh, we're about to get in because you were like, what did you say? You are like, I'm going to have to go look at the, I said, I think Van Halen wrote more better songs. Yeah. AC, Hell's Bells might be the best, but Van Halen had more better songs. And you were like, we're going to have to table this. I'm going to have to go uh, I'm gonna have to go look at the discographies. Yeah, I mean, the, it's hard when you start battling the greats because mm-hmm. they're all the greats. But I think my thing with ACDC is they're just raw, like this visceral power of just rock and roll and it was straight down the middle no it wasn't like too heavy at the time i guess it was hard rock but aren't the parallels amazing between those two bands both lost the kind of front man that you otherwise would have thought cannot be replaced right and then both bands had a lot of success on the other side of it Mm -hmm. yeah and i would say both i would say you really opened this door for me the bon scott era of it but like 
There are people who fucking live and die by the six pack of Van Halen, the, six, the first six DLR records. Yeah, totally. And I kind of came into my Van Halen thing being kind of a Sammy guy because of the 90s. But the more I dug into Van Halen, more I'm like, yeah, this, I mean, fair warning. Like, you, nothing Sammy did can fuck with fair warning. Yeah. And really nothing Sammy did can fuck with 1984. But 5150's real good. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. Fuck is a really good album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of parallels with the ACDC thing. I, I mean, the only thing I would... I would kind of give Sammy the upper hand on it because I feel like I feel like the Van Hagar era produced better records than the Brian Johnson. Obviously, Brian had the the Back in Black record. Well, the, okay, yeah, yeah. But okay. other than Back in Black, I mean, Razor's Edge has good songs on it. It's not like a great, yeah, that's on Razor's Edge, and it's a cool song. But what else is on Razor's Edge that rocks as hard as that? Yeah, yeah. You know, flick of the switch. Kind of sleepy, Tom. Yeah, I think Van Halen had better, more better songs after yeah. David Lee Roth. Yeah, I think I think ACDC had a great follow up record after Bond. I think Back in Black was arguably one of the greatest rock records of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. after that, had singles. Yeah, Big Gun. Have, you didn't have records. Yeah, Big Gun's awesome. Last Action Hero. Yeah, love that movie. Yeah, me too. Great movie. But uh, it's interesting to think about, though. There's not a lot of hits in the Bon Scott. What are the big hits from the Bon Scott era? Dirty Deeds, TNT, Highway to Hell. Those would have been... Well, the thing is, they didn't really break until Highway. And even Highway, they really weren't... Like, they were just kind of getting there and setting the stage to become what Brian came in and kind of knocked out of the Mm -hmm. park. Because uh, you know, like TNT stuff like that, it wasn't it wasn't really a hit at the time. I mean, it, it was like years later people started like digging back in, like oh yeah, you'll hear those old Bond songs on the radio a ton now. Yeah, but uh, long way to the top, you know, mm, that's that, good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like, but that's like real early, and yeah. then like they had you know like all the Power Age and uh, uh, man, it's slipping my mind. I can see the cover. The uh, what's the other one that was right after? But Dirty Deeds. No, that was fly on the wall. No, get a grip. <laughs> Permanent vacation. <laughs> Let there be rock is what I'm thinking of. Let there be rock was the record. New Jersey, slippery when wet. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, there wasn't really many hits from Power Age and Let There Be Rock. Yeah. But if you listen to those records top to bottom, they are fucking incredible. They're rippers, man, for sure. I'll tell you a record I listened to recently. I told Johnny about it. Is the Dean DeLeo and Robert DeLeo did a record with the lead singer of Filter, and the band was called Army of Anyone. Oh, they only okay. made one record, and bombed. They toured. They made a record and they toured it. How is it? It's really good. Cool. I've never heard it. It's really good. Yeah, I need to check that out. But I'm just obsessed with those two dudes. Right. Totally. I'll listen to anything they did. What was the other talk show? Talk show. That was it. Mm-hmm. I was about to say Toy Store. <laughs> Toy Store. <laughs> That been Toy Store. I love Toy Store's early shit. Oh man, before they so sold good. out, they went mainstream. If, if, yeah, once they got sponsored by Toys R Us, man, fuck that shit. Huh, Toys R Us, where a kid can be a kid. That's right. Where a kid can go visit an empty building because they're out of business. Now. Did you guys mm. ever go to Toys R Us? Oh, oh god, yeah. It was like heaven on earth, dude. I never went. I mean, we went occasionally, but I never. I don't really recall buying much there ever. Yeah, that, Toys R Us was like it was like a rich kid shit. Yeah, I only ever went there when I'd saved up like a, like mowing lawn money, and we didn't really have like I don't remember having a lot of like video game stores around at the time. So, but Toys R Us had the video game section. I would mow you know lawns or whatever get allowance, and I'd just go straight to where the Nintendo games were. Mm-hmm. That's the only time. I mean, I'm sure I looked at like Transformers and shit when I was a kid, but 
Yeah, I was just like, what Nintendo game can I get next? I don't think we own many. We always rented them. Mm-hmm. I could my whole rule for me because I had a sister, so you know we would get like a family movie, and then me or my sister could pick out a movie, and I always got a horror movie, or I could get a video game. Did you have like a t- uh, like a little TV in your bedroom you could watch it? Mm-hmm. Cool, I did. Yeah, that was an exciting time as a kid when you got your own little TV in your oh, bedroom. Yeah. Dude, had that, that was- my Nintendo, a couple a couple of VHSs. Oh yeah, that was how I knew my dad got paid when I was a kid because we'd go to movie gallery and I could pick out a game to rent for the weekend. That was payday. Yeah, and we ordered pizza. Yeah. It was like pizza night. They'd get some movies, hotel erotica or something. And, you know. <laughs> what was your video store called? <laughs> uh, movie gallery. Movie yeah, gallery. we had a movie gallery also. Oh. I think ours was, uh, the one close to us was called Admit One Video. Mm. And the the, uh, the owners were, I believe, Vietnamese, very sweet, and they were so cool to me. Every time they were taking all the newish posters off the wall. They would give you like a bowl of pho. They would give me a bowl of pho, and then... Uh, when, if I came in there, she would let me look through the posters they're going to get rid of. And I could oh. keep some movie posters. Wow. Super cool when you're that age. Movie gallery, I don't know if yours had this, but they had like a curtained off area that was the adult area. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it had it. And there was a certain point of me, you know, coming of age where if you couldn't find me for a second, I might be in that curtained off area. <laughs> I was always too scared to go This is when I was there. like 35, by the way. And like, where's dad? I already <laughs> had a kid. I'm like, I'm in the curtain off area. <laughs> That was an intimidating curtain when you were a kid. Like I, I remember seeing it, knowing what was back there, mm-hmm. and I couldn't wait to get back there. Man, I was way too scared. I was always thinking, like, man, I really want to go. They're going to send you to jail. Send I, you to I horny mean, jail. You know, when you're like <laughs> eight, nine, ten years old, you're like, you're just thinking, like, a fucking siren's going to go off, and you're going to get <laughs> they're going hauled to know. off. You know? Yeah. And all would would have happened is like, hey, kid, get out of there. Please don't go. Yeah, like, where are your parents? Yeah. yeah. Tell or what, what are you interested in? Yeah, what can I, what can I rent you? What's your pleasure? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't let you in here, but I'm going to give you three minutes. That's right. Those were so fun, too, because you'd, you, would ha- you would have to live with whatever you got. Like, I would rent video games, like, just based on the box. Yep. And you get home, you're like, ah, oh, this game sucks. But it's like, but this is the game I have. And then you would play the shitty game mm-hmm. and maybe learn something. Maybe grow to like it. Right. Or you'd rent a movie that, like, just maybe it was the new Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Who knew if it was good? Or this was the world before hard drives. I remember liking a game so much that I rented it multiple weeks oh. in a row. I remember playing a game that I hadn't beat yet. And we mm-hmm. had to take it back and I had to re-rent it. Yeah. Or yeah. you'd go to rent it and someone else would have rented it. And you would wonder... I wonder if one of my buddies has it because we all went to the same right. movie store. Dude, mm-hmm. I remember 007 Goldeneye. That was I, big. God, was so good. Dude, I rented that 64. game. Yeah. Rockets in the library, dude. Yeah, yeah. and it was multiple. <laughs> it was like... Four player. It, yeah, dude. We would spend hours playing Yeah, that man. Game. There was a there was like a church uh, me and some friends went to. This is probably right end of high school, right out of high school. And they gave us the keys to like the big youth room. So we can mm-hmm. go there at night when no one was using it. And they had a big old, one of those really deep, big screen TVs. Mm-hmm. We would go down there and just bring some, not, no alcohol. They wouldn't let us, obviously. But like we would go down there and bring some drinks, some snacks. They wouldn't let you take alcohol to the church? Isn't that weird? That's really strange. Wow. I just said, we're going to do communion, man. Um, but we would go down there and just stay there till three in the morning just playing Goldeneye. Just obsessed with it. What a fun game. Yeah, that was great. And then I was into like all the Mario stuff too. And then uh, there was like Mortal Kombat and that stuff was cool. But there was this other game, and this is how I kind of got this. Kind of got me into like heavy music. But there was this game called Twisted Metal. Oh, yeah. I remember Twisted Metal, and it had Rob Zombie on the soundtrack. I was like, "What is that?" And then uh, I can't remember the song it was, but then Rob, ironically, 
had uh, then just put out the uh, the Dracula record, whatever that was. Hell, what was it Hellbelly? Hellbelly Deluxe. Yeah, Hellbilly Deluxe. Yeah, and had uh, Dracula and Living Dead Girl. Yeah, and my my mom would bless. I love her to death, but she was a huge Rob Zombie fan <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, big Buck Cherry fan. My mom is uh, rock and roll as they come, dude. <laughs> and uh, I love it. I remember she was like, "Hey, hold your ears. I'm going to see how loud the stereo system gets in this car." You're <laughs> 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 baby. Yeah, dude. I mean, I remember I was like holding my ears, and she put in the the fucking Dracula song, and it was like. Uh, dig through the yeah. yeah, dig through the ditches and burn through the witches. Yeah. And she said, "Hey, hold your ears!" And turned it literally like the volume. It went like the, it was numbered up to like forty five, and then it went to max. I yeah. love that Mama Sword wanted to see how much juice she could get. <laughs> oh yeah, that woman can rage, buddy. It's like all you can you. handle, Johnny. Oh yeah, and eventually it just got to the point where like that was just the new volume of the <laughs> yeah. car. Like, man, I'll do that too though. Like, I'll be listening to my car and like just be kind of. I'm I may be jamming kind of hard. Oh but yeah, it's nothing big, no big deal. Get out of the car, go in the post office, come out, and when I turn my car back on, I'm like, it scares is this you. how loud I was listening to this? Yeah, dude, wow. I'm crazy. Well, do you do you guys do this? Like, if you're driving, you're, you're driving through your neighborhood, you got it kind of up a little bit, like you're feeling it. Get on the main road, you can feel it. Uh, you can always feel it, especially if you're on the main road, dude. Everyone knows that. I can feel it. I can feel it. But once you get on the freeway, there's so much more ambient noise. You turn up even louder, and or I'll do, or, or similar to you with the post office thing. I'll come home, and then me and Callie will go run a couple errands, and it's still at that volume, and mm-hmm. it'll scare the hell out of her. She's like, "What the? F- you're listening to it that loud?" I'm yeah. like, "What?" My my wife yells at me. She's like, "Hey, the kids are in the car. Can you turn it down?" I'm like, "What?" Didn't he- turn it up? Yeah, I can't hear you. What? Uh, babe, but- it's Bon Scott. Hell yeah. no. I mean, I, I I drive an 04 Toyota. Wow. And um, Crushing it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I mean, my, my family has a nice car, but I... It's I'm, an 06. Yeah. I Dude, I, I drive a 2011 much. Kia Sorento that's literally falling apart. I was <laughs> definitely just kidding. Um, but I literally only have three CDs in that car, and that's all that Chumba I'm Wumba tub thumping. Mm, good one. <laughs> it's all that is Savage allowed Garden. to play in there. <laughs> what are the three? Well, I lied. It's actually four. Oh Christ! Um, Gosh, so it's it straight. It's a uh, ACDC Power Age, ACDC Back in Black, Best of Leonard Skinnerd, and Best of Waylon Jennings. Wow! And that's it. And that's all that anybody can listen to if you ever get into my '04 Toyota, because hmm. the radio doesn't work. You never hook up for like you can plug in your phone or anything like that, or. No, like dude, that, would, that would ruin the 04 vibe. You never wanted to change out those four? Maybe get a little different flavor palette going? No. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, brother. <laughs> I mean, I got a 97 Forerunner, and there's a cassette deck in it, and I use a cassette adapter into my phone. Right, well, my cassette deck is broke. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Okay, okay. Now, my new shiny, I mean, I don't mean to tell everybody how much money I have, but my 2017 Honda Mm-hmm. CRV. Mm-hmm. Now I can connect my phone in there via Bluetooth. Wow! And listen to anything you want to listen to. But it, we're cruising in the Toyota. It's going to be ACDC or ACDC or Leonard Skinner. Okay. Or Waylon Jennings. My first ever car didn't even have a cassette player. Just radio time. Mm-hmm. I loved it. 1986 Chevy Nova. Yeah. Well, mine was an '83 Ford Econoline van. It had a cassette deck that sometimes worked, but radio mostly. Right. That's Dude. the van a creepy guy with a mustache would pick you up in. Oh, you lived it, in that. It van. was. Was that the guy who kidnapped you? <laughs> Maybe. Did you know that Ethan was kidnapped? I uh, no. People kidnapped him at a pool one time. Yeah, <laughs> in a community pool where I was having swimming lessons and I hated him. And my parents were off talking to somebody, and this older couple came up and said, "That's our grandkid. We're going to take him." They're like, "Okay." 
Man, I wonder what they would have done to they you. They didn't even care. Like, yeah, sure, take him. He's crying. We don't Whoa. Deal with him. How'd they, you get out of it? They took me out to the parking lot, and they were about to put me in a trunk, and they, somebody <laughs> saw that, like, who is that? Taking your kid. So everyone ran out there with security guard, and they, they eventually- Did like, they arrest him? I don't, I don't know. I don't remember any of this. My dad told this to me Jeez. throughout my life. Yeah. But they're they're about to put me in a trunk, and then people came running out, so they freaked out. That they must have taken off or something. But Man. wow, I wonder what they're up to now. Yeah, I wonder how the kidnapping business has been the last forty five. Hanging years. out at, at pools in Long Beach, California, I guess. <laughs> Man, well, I was going to say my first vehicle was such a piece of shit. My what? What did you say your first vehicle was? An eighty six Chevy Nova. Dude, I had a ninety three Jeep Grand Cherokee, and that was my first ride. And my mom paid a thousand bucks for it. And the back windows would they the window uh, mechanism to roll it up and down broke, so the windows would just slide down. So be, <laughs> my brother was such an asshole; he'd be like, "I saw you today," and I was like, "Oh, where at?" He's like, "I don't know. You're the only idiot with your windows down while it's raining." <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. And, what were you um, like in high school? Um, I mean, not did you, very. Did you have a good time. I mean, I, it was average. I think like I I was well liked uh, by multiple like classes. Like we had. The rednecks and the preps and you know all that and I was just, I was kind of a sporty kid for a little while until I got obsessed with playing music and all that and then but not a lot of attention from the ladies. Really? Um, yeah, I, that's shocking. I know I didn't really blossom until till college, but uh, you know after then I kind of got my sea legs and figured <laughs> out how the <laughs> how the world works. Yeah, became a became a real seaman and. Uh, you know, I learned I learned how to navigate the world, but uh, in high school it did not. Uh, yeah. It was not a good time for me. Yeah, I, as far as like ladies go, like I was really shy about girls and all that, and I drove a piece of shit '93 Jeep Grand Cherokee. Yeah, uh, that uh, so the windows didn't work, and then eventually the door it, there was a jam between where the door lock would like grab to shut. So like when you would go to shut it, it would not shut all the way. Mm. So I'd be like going around a turn, and the front, the driver door would just swing wide open, and uh, and ladies then, didn't like that. No, they didn't want to ride with me. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, the power steering went out, so like it got to the point where it was just like, "What am I doing in this car?" And I uh, sold it for like three hundred bucks. But then wow. I got this really badass '88 Monte Carlo. Hell yeah, yeah. Girls didn't want to ride in that either. <laughs> well, I'll be damned. It seems absolutely. <laughs> but thank God my grandfather recognized this problem, and he got me a 76 Oldsmobile. They used to keep going back for decades. <laughs> 93, 87, he's, 76. He's like, they don't make them like they used to. That was to. probably a real comfy comfy car. Yeah. So. If, if a, any kind of grandpa or grandma car is going to basically be a couch on wheels. Like, I remember going to the store with my grandma. And it was like the most comfortable car. Your actual grandma or the ones who kidnapped you? The one that kidnapped me. <laughs> <laughs> but doesn't it seem insane now that we're older that, that like our parents just like you get your license at 16, mm-hmm. which seems so young to me now. And you just let them go out in a little vehicle of death. Like, bye. Yeah. It just seems wild to me that our parents let us do that. I was, mean, I think a 16-year-old is old enough to drive a car. No, I think I think they are. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm I, you know, if I compare it to, you know, relatives in my family when they were that age where i'm mm-hmm. like i don't want you driving a car oh my god right you know in general yeah i'm sure they are i mean i i i i, I think i've been a responsible driver most of my life you know well what age would you rather people get a license i mean maximum 18 but i mean I, it just seems i don't know it just seems as a 44 year old now 
if I know someone who has a kid that's 16, it just seems like, wow, that just seems so young. Yeah. You know, um, and maybe it's more of just a fear of like, you know, if I had a 16 year old, like just letting that kid just leave the house in a car. Like, well, I mean, when you have little kids though, I mean, anytime you get in a car, it's fuck, you're rolling the dice with danger. Yeah, so I mean, true. like you, you've got my little daughter, like eight years old sitting in the back seat. She's not in a car seat anymore. And it's like, anytime I drive, I'm like, anything could happen. Mm-hmm. I can't control what anyone else does on the road except me. Right. You know, or the car could break down or whatever. Driving is just dangerous in general. Yeah. But a lot of kids have to get like jobs, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to totally. Jobs with a car. Of course. You know what's crazy? As I cannot remember, I don't, my first car, which I cherished and loved, I literally have no memory. It's gone. You can't even recall it by reminding me of where it, where it is now, how I got rid of it, where it went. Yeah. No clue. No clue where it is. Wow. Don't remember what happened to it at all. I, uh, my, that van I had, I remember selling it to, it was just two Hispanic dudes that had a bit like a, like a, um, uh, landscaping business and they needed a van for gear and equipment and stuff like that. And I was stoked to sell it to him cause I had gotten like a 65 Mustang for, mm. for like two grand, which is nothing back wow. then. And I remember being kind of bummed when it drove away cause it was like, oh man, like we, you know, my local little local high school bands would haul our gear in that van. And like two years later, I'm driving down 405 freeway in California and I see my old van because it still had the stickers on. It had a no doubt sticker. The no bozo sticker was on there. Bozo the clown. And I kind of sped up and same dudes driving it. Really made me happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's still out there. It's out there. There I was no recollection of what happened to mine. I remember, uh, I remember I sold one of my car, the Monte Carlo to the security guard at the college I was going to. And the transmission was about to blow. My mechanic was like, dude, you need to get rid of this car. And I was like, copy that. No problem. Yep. And so I put, I just slapped a for sale sign on it as I was driving into my college classes for the day. And the security guard comes up to me and, you know, I was a little nervous because I think I had weed in the car. And (laughs) I was like, shit, here comes the fuzz. And he's like, hey, yeah. He's like, hey. So you got that for sale, son. What you want for it? And I was like, uh, a thousand bucks. I don't know. And uh, he's like, can I test drive it? And I was like, sure, go ahead. And he test drove the shit out of my car with me in it, dude. I mean, he was like gunning it and like slamming on the brake. Like he was really making sure like he wasn't getting one pulled over on him. And then uh, it blew up on him three months after he bought it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So uh, what'd you do? I was like, damn, dude, that sucks. What happens when you buy an 88, you idiot? I ran into him like years later because I dropped out of college and then went back years later. <laughs> this is a community college, not Harvard. And uh, so <laughs> Harvard, went, Harvard community. When I went back, he was still a security guard there. And I was like, hey, man, how's the, uh, how's the Monte Carlo been treating you? And he's like, oh, it actually blew up three months after you sold it to me. So oh, I didn't no. know. I didn't know. <laughs> about it until like years later oh man and i was like oh man you ever get it fixed what happened he's like yeah transmission went out i was like oh, oh man, man it was that sucks well, anyway I, I gotta go thoughts God, and prayers. that happens man yeah dude thoughts. i i i feel you you're like sorry man i'm getting a phone call your phone's like upside down <laughs> hey hey oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> your, your flip phone your antenna's going this way <laughs> <laughs> i just said thoughts and prayers dude and yeah oh man but um yeah, I, one of the funnier things I had a, when I had the Oldsmobile that my grandfather got me, uh, I picked up this chick named Kitely, and we're friends to this day. Kitely, Kitely, yeah, that's some Virginia shit. Yeah, yeah, oh Kitely. What uh, was her last name? Uh, Newton. Kylie Newton. Mm. Kylie Newton, yeah. Her mom was my gym teacher. Wow. <laughs> Mrs. Newton. It was. And every time we'd leave gym class, she'd say, make good choices. Uh, but uh, anyway. Which so, you would 
definitely go on to do. Yeah, and I'd go into seventh grade art class and be like, I better make a good choice. And you're like, are you sure you named your daughter Kitely? <laughs> yeah, totally. Don't do what I did. So. Don't don't fall behind. Don't let the path befall to you what fell to me and Kitely. Oh well, they're really they're really sweet people, and st- I'm still friends with. How do you them spell Kitely? I think it's K I T E L Y. Okay, but uh, but anyway, uh, I went to pick Kitely up for a party before we went to uh, we were in high school and uh and my car was in the shop so i had this oldsmobile and miss newton got out of the car she's like johnny where are you taking my daughter in this car <laughs> i was like we're just going to this lake party like you know yeah. we, we were we were honest about what we were doing we weren't hiding anything but uh she uh she was giving me shit and uh every day she would see me at school in gym class she'd be like you better run faster than that oldsmobile and go <laughs> she just kept giving me shit the whole time I'm dreading the day that someone picks up my daughter to take her to a lake party, mm. a lake house party. Mm. Yeah. And it's coming. Especially if he's in an Oldsmobile. <laughs> what if a guy named Johnny in an Oldsmobile takes Nova to a lake party? <laughs> Don't let her get in. Dad, I'm going to meet my friend. No. Ky- Kylie's going to be there. I, me and Kylie were cool. We never had, like, we were just friends. And so it was kind of like a, you know, hey, I'm I'm taking care of Kylie. Like, right. I want to make sure we're safe, you know. But, uh my grandfather really did like give me my first couple of cars. And Mine did too. He gave me so to get me out of the Oldsmobile. He bought me this Volkswagen Passat, which was like the nicest car I'd ever had. And I decided to go out in a snowstorm, Taco Bell, the first night I had it because I was so <laughs> excited just to drive a car that was made in the same century that I was living in. <laughs> and I went to Taco Bell at like two a.m. in the middle of a snowstorm and totaled it around a tree oh man had 30 day tags on it wasn't in my name did not have insurance yet i literally had the car for 12 hours wow man wrapped it in a tree did you did it it at least happen after you left talk about you at least least get a bean burrito i did and i get a chalupa out of it (laughs) dude it was it was terrible i was freaking out it was middle of the night and uh the i didn't know what to do so i just started walking because it was freezing cold outside and like i just totaled this car airbag deployed like i was Real shook up. Anyway. Like, I damn left. tree? <laughs> yeah, damn tree just popped out in front of me. But uh, I left for hours, and then I was, like, trying to figure out what to do. I went back, and the cops were there. And I was like, oh, no. How am I, how am I going like, to explain this to the guys? Mm-hmm. Like, and I told him, I was like, hey, I saw you pulled up. I was just over here pee- peeing in the bushes. <laughs> 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 he knew I was a dumb kid. Just finishing my Crunchwrap Supreme. <laughs> he was like, yeah, well, we noticed this uh, register to a Coburn Cole. I was like, well, that's my grandfather. And I explained the whole situation. Yeah. Anyway, he gives me a ride home, and he turns off his walkie or whatever and he's like listen kid if you ever wreck a car do not leave he's like i could you get some serious shit yeah leaving and then he turned his radio back on i was like but i didn't leave and he turned it he's like hey i'm trying to help you out be cool yeah he's telling me cool man come on he borderline told me to just shut up and he's like, I'm trying to help you out right now. Stop talking. Wow. Well, but I was just going to try. But I was like, well, I didn't walk away. I, I, I was peeing. I was in the bushes, dude. I mean, it was 100 yards away walking away. And- I was just going to spook you when you came up. Yeah. I can see a scene in the movie, too, like you're in a wrecked car and you're like, oh my God, my dad's going to shit. What am I going to do? And then you just take a bite of like a Mexican pizza. It's crunchy. He's still holding on to the thing. Yeah. Yeah. The car is totaled and airbag deploys. Like, fuck, I hope my pizza's still okay. Yeah. yeah. You, you call out like, can I, I wanted the hot sauce. <laughs> yeah. This is mild. Damn it. My Mountain Dew spilled. <laughs> well, I think maybe we should let our babies down for the week. Let them down easy. We yeah. got, some, we got, we got to play a show soon. Yeah. We got to play a show. Oh, Hey, I just found out where we're playing in Austin. Where? 
call back. We're playing. We are playing the scoot in. The scoot in. <laughs> Just now found it. It only took me an hour and a half. Unbelievable. Listen You've been to, looking at your phone the whole time. Yeah. Hey, listen. Listen to one of your road daddies for a change. Come on, <laughs> road daddies. But I thought I was daddy. I guess we're all daddy in our own way, aren't we? We are. And we'll leave them with that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being on the show, Johnny. You're a real peach, man. Thanks. You're for a real special me. guy. And this will not be the last time on this tour that you will hear from Johnny. I can guarantee I'm it. coming back. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. <laughs> kind of like you came back to the wrecked car. Can you cut it already? I'm going back. You know, what, back. And, you know and, and I'll give you the same advice that this police officer gave you when you wrapped the car around the telephone pole and left. Don't leave the scene, okay? This podcast is the car wreck. You can't You can't. You coming leave. back? I'm coming back. <laughs> Hell yeah. This is your I can feel it. <laughs> I'm coming back. <laughs> Bring some Taco All right, we Bell. love you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Adios. I'm coming back. <laughs> you were our advisor, what would you say? Then I would say, delete that. Hey everyone, Clinton Ethan here, and we want to tell you about a little thing called Patreon. Patreon is an easy and interactive way to support the people who make the things that you love. For as little as five bucks a month, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast can continue to grow in quality and content. That's equivalent to a cup of coffee or a beer once a month. Not only is it easy and affordable, but we've made it a priority since day one to give back to our Patreon community. We've given away deluxe box sets, rare vinyl, black and whiskey, concert tickets to SM2 and Slane Castle, all four of our Cover Our World Black and EPs, 26 quarantine covers, and Lunar Satan demos, invitations to exclusive Zoom happy hours, the ability to ask our guests like Jay Weinberg of Slipknot, Lizzie Hale, and members of the Metallica crew your very own questions, and eligibility for our Metal Tale series where you can be a guest on Metal Up Your Podcast and tell us all about a notable Metallica show you've been to. Subscribe to Patreon today and immediately get access to years worth of bonus content. Thank you for supporting the people who make the things that you love. Peace. Adios. I can't talk about it anymore. It's giving me a headache. Here, take two of these. Ah, new print. Little, yellow, different. 